Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Mistletoe Secret. I am the miraculous Christmas recovery, Trey Plutnicki. And I am the one-year time jump to Christmas, Daniel Kunkel. Okay, welcome back to another uh, installment of... In the saga. The Trey Hartsack update. Was that loud enough? That was great for me. My lung collapsed. But how would you rate that on a scale of one to ten? My lung collapsing? Yeah, how would just how would you Probably rate that experience? Probably a ten. I mean, it's that's a pretty intense. Oh, you give it a ten out of ten? Wait, no, ten's good though. Oh, ten's good? Then yeah. zero. Zero I out would of ten. Pre- okay. I would prefer my lung to in some people. Stay some inflated. people see the bright side of things, Travis. Right? Sorry, you can't do that. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so my lung collapsed, unrelated yeah. to my heart sack. Mm-hmm. So, I first of all, okay, let us let's let's clear the air. I'm okay. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. Well, I'm 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 okay. I'm not fine. <laughs> I'm okay. Uh, I I have healed. Uh, I have done my part <laughs> in terms of my lung being inflated. You know. So okay. So here's what I'm saying. I collapsed it and then I reinflated it. Correct. It's called then, a reset, people. You should so do it. <laughs> my lung. My lung capacity is back. Right. Excellent. It, the lung is reinflated. Now, all I'm dealing with is the dumb surgeons destroying my body. Yeah. Now I have to heal mm-hmm. from what they did. Like I did. Yeah. I, so Fuck lung collapsed. I did that. That's yeah. fixed. Mm-hmm. They did surgery. They did that. That hurts. So now I need to heal from that. So it's their fault. What's happening? What about their probably life-saving surgery? Did they do to mess you up compared okay. to? Yeah. So because I feel like you're placing a lot of blame on the surgeons right yeah. now and not on your lung. It's fair. Collapsing okay. under its own weight. Let's go back to the beginning. Yes. Okay. You have big, beautiful lungs. That's what we established so I had, last episode. I had super long. Yeah. And, and it's honestly really full circle. It's so you know you watch. <laughs> You watch only murders in the building, right? And you're like, sure. how can these people be doing a coherent podcast? Yeah. When they do not know the beginning, middle, or end. And yeah. it's like it's just because their their life is a perfectly tied up story. Yeah. Me talking about my beautiful long lungs at the ER when I had pericarditis mm-hmm. is a is a fantastic uh full circle moment to when my beautiful long lungs then collapsed uh three weeks later. Looking back Again, we, if we consider the podcast uh, in the terms of the future documentary that will be made about it, that's okay. gonna be a that's gonna be dramatic setup. They're gonna be like they're gonna play that clip of you boasting yeah. about these lungs, and then it's gonna cut to black, and then they're just gonna bring the lights back up, and it's like his lungs collapsed two his weeks l- later. His lung collapsed two three weeks later. Hubris, hubris brought him down. I was on yeah. vacation with uh, my girlfriend's family. Uh, I started feeling short of breath as we were like walking around mm-hmm. uh, the town that we were in and started like feeling chest pain every time like I went to make a, like a sudden sort of breathy gesture, whether yeah. that be like a cough or a laugh, it would result in <laughs> a, a little more spurts of coughing. Yeah. Um, and, and then I got a chest x-ray and they're like, yeah, so uh, your lung collapsed. And I swear, Cecilia and I were like, excuse me? His lung col- like it, it's like that's like a fake thing, you know. You, yes. you hear oh, yeah. you hear about that, and it's like, oh, your lung collapsed. Like, great. You don't process that. You don't process what that means. So it's like now, I like what is left, you know? Like what? It, like There's I can, not going to be an episode next week. It's just going <laughs> to be like Trey was hit by a Ferris wheel. Yeah, like I know. the Ferris wheel broke off. <laughs> it broke it just off and was it rolling through over. the street, yeah. and it hit Trey. So okay, so like uh, we went to the emergency room yeah like three chest tubes later uh a surgery later um the surgery so the the name of the condition is spontaneous pneumothorax thorax new spontaneous pneumothorax which is uh the random collapse of the lung um, just call it, it that, doctors. Why do you got to yeah, make just, up all this you, bullshit? Gotta, just call gotta, it that. Yeah. That's understandable. Why you freak me out with this pneumothorax nonsense? Pneumothorax X. Yeah, it does sound like a transformer. A little bit, little bit. Yeah, it does. So uh, the what they did was they did a uh, thoracoscopy or whatever. They stuck a camera in me and removed nice. these little things called blebs, yeah. um, which are blisters on the lungs. And those things, they kind of... Um, 
it's really common in tall, like lanky men. This yeah. this uh, situation, like this is it's how it happens. It happens in people that look like me. Um, and the reason why that they had to do surgery is they could have let it heal itself with the chest tubes in because like I was taking in air and inflating my lung at a higher rate than the air was escaping and deflating my lung. Gotcha. gotcha. So in theory, it could have healed itself. If it had healed itself, that would have increased the likelihood that it would happen again in the future. So I couldn't do like contact sports or like take big risks. I couldn't go on planes. You, dude, you um, love rugby. You can't give that I, I dream know. up. I, I'm built for rugby. You've got the body yeah. for rugby. I've and, said it a thousand and times. I have the bone structure for <laughs> the rugby. Bone structure yeah, for people rugby. always tell me you got a you got the smile for rugby, man. That's what people always tell me. Um, Trey looks like a professional disc golfer. Is what he looks like. It, yeah, that's the case. It looks yeah. like I play racquetball frequently. <laughs> You have racquetball strategies. That's yeah. how much you play racquetball. <laughs> and you could have gone pro if you'd really I pursued I it in gone college. Pro. I could have gone pro. D1 racquetball. D, oh, D, full, fully funded. I hear that's fully funded. Fully funded division. That has yeah, to be a d- thing, actually. Hold on. We shouldn't joke about that. Division <laughs> one. All right. They're doing um, surgery on you. Fade in. Yeah. So uh, it's a, it, they put a camera and a scalpel. They take out the blebs. The reason why that they had to do that was because the blebs were in the perfect position where my lung could not properly adhere to my chest wall and stay in place. Uh, so I would j- just been like free lung in it in there had it not stuck. Um, so that's why they had to remove them. There were two really big clusters. So one of the clusters was responsible for the collapse and the other was responsible for not being able to heal properly. So uh, they did that. They put another chest tube in me to drain all the nonsense out. Um, And then I was released about three days later. And uh, I mean, you know, I'm doing fine. (laughs) I'm re uh, what was interesting. So here are the things I didn't expect coming out of this one. I didn't expect to, uh, I almost forgot how to breathe. It took a while to, to like relearn how to take a deep breath, which was really interesting, um, where it wasn't necessarily a problem with my lungs. It was a problem of me being too scared to take the breath. Interesting. Because, because yeah. I've been I've been adapting so long to breathing with two chest tubes in me yeah, yeah, yeah. that I I didn't have the I wasn't I just wasn't able to normally take a breath as as one would. Two, they put a ton of nerve blockers in me, so my near the entire upper left side of my body is either ghoulishly sensitive or numb. Which is really interesting. Weird. Like my left pec oh. is like is like numb, and then the outside of my right arm, like my tricep, yeah, is incredibly sensitive. Like you, weird. I I touch it and I get the chills. Huh. It's it's fascinating. The next thing Drugs, is because man. because all of this happened on the left side of my body. Yeah, I wasn't, and especially because the chest tubes were in there, I wasn't able to move this arm at all. The arm that I'm waving in front of you and the arm yes. that the people that are listening to our He's audio podcast. how to podcast, my God. <laughs> I couldn't move my left arm That's what at goes all. first. First you can't yeah, podcast first, and first then you can't, you can't breathe, baby. It's so hard being this white. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I can't play racquetball. And Damn I it. can't play racquetball. Uh, or go scuba diving. Or scuba diving. <laughs> um, but I couldn't straighten my arm when I got out of the hospital. Weird. Um, because I was locked in this position of my my arm being belt at, bent at the elbow. Yeah. And I and I like tried to move it, but obviously, like you don't want to put yourself in any more pain that you're in. And no. when I like, it was the most pain that I have ever felt in my life. Uh, this this experience, it was truly traumatizing. Um, and part of it, I I, I think like. The, the chest tubes really were the worst. Uh, there, there were moments it, it was really hard to laugh uh, and feel joy because yeah. every time I would laugh, I would feel the chest tube clicking between my rib cage, which is a really fun sentence. Um, so, so I, I mean, I'm doing a lot better now that it's the second they pulled that chest tube out. It was instant relief. 
Um, I'm sure. Yeah. This is the epilogue. I'm 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 out of the hospital. Uh, I'm out of the hospital for a couple days. Uh, feeling good. Um, I have this final chest X-ray checkup at my primary care physician's office. Yeah. Do the X-ray. Get a call. They say, "Congrats, your pneumothorax is resolved." So, which means no leakage. We good. We okay? done. There's no air in the chest cavity. Like we got it. We're 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 done. I'm just recovering now. But ever the showman, you could hear Trey's <laughs> voice building to that. But <laughs> your boy's still got pericarditis, baby. Let's oh, baby. go. Hey. It's your a boys. weekly thing. <laughs> your boy's got the cards. Thank God our viewership spiked when you started uh, yeah. this segment. People yes. are loving it. People love pericarditis. One one thing, and especially me, I love pericarditis, man. I can't get enough of it. They're perihats. Uh, they call themselves that in the forums. This has been a heart sack update. Excellent. Do you want to guess? Just give me one guess of a school you think would be really good at NCAA racquetball. Ooh. They highlight six schools, and I bet you can guess at least one of them. Kansas State? No, that is a good guess. No, they put it all into football and basketball. Yeah, that's true. I feel like University of Iowa is big into... You're super close with that one, actually. (laughs) Nebraska? Indiana University. Oh, Indiana. Our well, that six makes main sense. ones. Baldwin Wallace. Makes sense. Uh, duh. Brigham Young University. Oh, of course. CIT, man. California Institute of Technology. Okay. Yeah. I, that's, that's a shocker, though. I, I will say that's, that's really? a surprise. Uh, that's a surprise on there. I racquetball, I, mainly because my dad plays racquetball and he's in, he's in, in the tech industry. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I picture tech people I guess playing that is racquetball like a, tech, yeah. a lot okay. yeah he does not play racquetball anymore he just did anyway colorado state university okay georgia institute of technology and indiana university bloomington are the uh are the ones that is that tracks all of, byu especially is byu is the one i thought you would guess because yeah, that just like stands out in my head as <laughs> like they're not that great at a lot of other NCAA no. sports. And so racquetball, you're like, they're the Cougars. You know that? Yeah, I did know that. Yes. The, they, um, yeah, I've watched them. I've watched them play football a few times. They Brigham are young Cougs. They're fine. They're pretty good. They're fine. Yeah. They're all right. You know, um, cool. They're a little too blonde to play football, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're just a little, <coughs> that was a little the blonde. adjective I thought you were going to use. They're a little blonde. I can't believe you almost died to avoid this movie. Yeah, you know, okay. I mean, okay. So we're we're, what a cliffhanger! First of all, for us to leave this podcast. Yeah. So this was Karen. So this episode is Karen Kingsbury's The Bridge Part Two. Uh, We liked. So okay, let's let's reset our why why we're here right now and not doing a wrap up. Um, We. Dare I say, cool. liked Karen yes. Kingsbury's The Bridge Part 1 enough I quite to, liked The Bridge Part 1. To watch this film mm-hmm. voluntarily, yeah. even though it is not a part of Countdown to Christmas. It's not a part, but the ending of the first The Bridge was to be continued. Right. And this, I don't know if I needed a whole other movie of this. I don't think this one... I didn't love this one as much as the first one, definitely, but it definitely wraps up the plot lines and storylines that we had concerns about from the first one. So I am glad we watched it. And I and it gave me I think the theory our our connection in it is pretty obvious because it gives a really a couple of really good uh, jumping off points. So I'm, I'm glad we watched it, even though, yes, I vastly preferred the bridge part one. I'm still in love with our two leads, though. I love that. Yeah, I, I like that. I do like them. Um, I thought he was worse in this one. I thought he was worse as well. I thought she was yeah. better, though. That was interesting. I thought, she, I thought she was better. She she really aged into 25. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the, <laughs> the Thanos of it all. This okay, movie begins sure. immediately where the second one, the first one ended. Immediately we pick up with that phone call. Between, mm-hmm. if you don't know, like I don't think we're gonna recap the first one that much. So, like, no. I would you gotta I mean, listen to the first one. I, let's say, can I can I do like a five second recap? Do it, yeah. Um, Karen Kingsbury's <clears throat> The Bridge. Uh, it's based off a book by Karen Kingsbury. The Bridge is a bookstore 
uh, that is uh, like for some reason this like gift to society. Anybody who walks into br- into the bridge is met with community and good fortune from the other people who are in the bookstore and their true um, purpose in life very often we and, see yes. very much we like the whole first and this one we see people go into the bridge and come out being like i know what i have to do with my life yeah. true purpose and true love oh yeah and also the best gosh darn talent show this town has ever seen the best one <laughs> uh and i that's pretty much all you need to know and then can you talk about the phone call at the end yeah so molly and ryan were our two romantic leads in the first one molly uh she's the son she's the daughter of this uh business executive guy from seattle he didn't want her to go to school uh where she goes they go to school like right outside of nashville she meets ryan who is an aspiring musician that's his only personality trait um the the big conflict of the last movie definitely go back and listen to our episode about it because it's insane what this father does to molly oh my gosh and that's the this what daniel is about to say is the reason why i really liked this one because he gets his comeuppance it is it is the most it is the most villainous thing that anybody has ever done in a hallmark movie go for it tell tell us share us molly's dad records a phone call that molly has with a man records uh, records it uh with another man uh who is named <laughs> who is named preston millington the third of course and they have been best friends for they've known each other for forever uh and in this phone call she says i love you she clearly says it in a platonic sense in the way you would tell a friend um and so but he records it molly's dad records this and plays it back to ryan And so to Ryan, he hears this girl that he really likes and they've kind of gone on a date and they've smooched at this point. It's pretty hot. They they play (laughs) it. It was not. It's not. It's very peachy. Yeah, it's very tame. But they're very good together. But um, to Ryan, he's like, oh, God, she's with this other guy. So the end of the last movie ends pretty suddenly with her going back home and then them both deciding to have this uh, phone call. They they call each other. It doesn't go through the first time. Love it. He calls again. She answers. That was the end of the first movie was we don't know where this phone call went. Part two picks up immediately. Same place. I'm pretty sure they just shot it as one big scene and then cut, cut it in half because they look exactly the same or they just had a really good person in charge of continuity. We have this phone call. It's going really well. They're reconnecting. They're rediscovering their love that was lost over the three days um, that they were (laughs) fighting, I guess. And then it all falls apart. It just doesn't work. And they just can't they they just can't make it work for whatever reason. Ryan kind of puts his walls up, I would say. I would say it's Ryan's fault, right? Mm. Because he's the one who can't. He's the one who hangs up. Well, I mean, he made it a little weird, too. You know, that's fair. That's fair. I, I think he made it because she so in this phone call, Preston walks in. Yeah. And then Preston comes in. And then what's it? What's the girl's name? Molly. Uh, Molly. Molly is like uh, Molly addresses the per- the human being that walked into the room. Yeah. And then like a good person. <laughs> right. And then Ryan was like, uh, do you have company? And Molly's like, yes, but like, no, like we can keep talking. He's like, I can hang up if you have people. And then Molly's like, no, 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 I want you to keep talking to me. Like, and Ryan was in the middle of confessing something that was really beautiful and lovely. And then he just goes, he half asses it and makes it weird. Like, I feel like, I feel like in a situation like that, she was making it abundantly clear. He like that she was his, she had full focus or, or, or. Or he, she wanted to give him full focus. I agree, and not that there was somebody else in the room. So, I, like, I don't know. It's um, I think he made it weird, but also it, her dad doesn't help the situation. No, it's, it's Molly's dad's fault. <laughs> yeah, Everything Molly, in the movie, it's, it both is of Molly's these dad's fault. Is yeah. her dad's fault? So they hang up the phone call, and then these <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> Seven year time jump. time jump time jump baby. I was watching this with Annika and she was like that. I think that time jump hit harder who she didn't watch the first movie much. She's only like heard us talk about it. She was like that time jump hit harder than the end game time jump. <laughs> the five years later in end five game. years later and it and we we rewatched that movie like a week ago. Like it's still very fresh. This time jump is in 
insane. The where are they now? Uh, for, first of all, the first thing we see is we see Molly. <laughs> Queen. I love Molly. Queen Queen Molly. Queen is, Molly. She's ruling CEO. the world now. She is CEO of her father's company. No, she's Just, about to be CEO. Which, I mean, functionally, she's CEO. Yes, she is. She's, she's, she's sitting it. in the desk. She is about to be running this company. And they keep going, you're 25 years old, Molly. It's time for you to be CEO. It's almost 25 your birthday. Let's Molly. do it. <laughs> yes. Molly, it's your almost your 25th birthday. It's time for you to be CEO. That's crazy. Yes. Molly. I was on a phone call with my parents today when I was driving back from work and I told them that fact. And uh, I was talking to my dad, but my mom was like in the room on speaker. And I told my dad that and I just heard my mom go, ha, <laughs> that was it. Because <laughs> yeah, it's she, crazy, man. So, so Molly's it's the so chief, chief executive officer. Uh, which I would bargain to guess that that's the youngest CEO in America, right? It has. I mean, of a major company, yes. Right. It has to. Yeah, youngest CEO of, uh, I mean. I it's thought not like, he was going to make her like vice president or something. No. Reasonable. Like, CEO. No, she is going <laughs> to run the company. She went to school. She went to school in Nashville, and it's time for her to run the company. Yes, that's. Um, I, I can breeze through the rest of this plot. I think I, yeah. I, this is overall pretty dull. But our little catch yes. up on them. Uh, Molly is uh, about to be CEO. Very exciting. Uh, she never went back to school. She didn't go back to that. Uh, we never. What college is it? They never she said, quit after a semester. Some college in Nashville. Whatever the Nashville Nashville yeah. University. She left Nashville University, and. Um, <laughs> She never went back. Nashville State University. Nashville State University. She decides to never. She doesn't go back. We don't know where she goes to school. We don't know if she has a college degree, which I kind of like. That's exciting. No, she it, never goes. The back. way she was, the way she was talking, made it seem like she went to another business school. She went to like yeah. a different business school, but it, it's not. I don't think it, they really explicitly say it. Anyway, continue. Yeah, maybe University of Washington. That's a that's a pretty right. good business school, right? Um, <laughs> so she never goes back. So that whole the whole movie kind of hinges on that, right? So she has not been back to the bridge in seven years. Ryan, at the same time, comes back home. He's been on tour for the last seven years. He's been a backup musician, which is uh, mostly what he wanted. He's a you know he's making a living as a musician. It's great. Uh, and and so young, so talented. Um, so he presumably never finished college. He also never went back. So he comes back. He's talking with his mom. She's made his bedroom into an office, which classic it's and a textbook thing to do as as a parent. And she she like lifts up her lifts up his suitcase and she's like, God, there's so so what do you got in here? And he's like, cocaine. Also, uh, I've got books. He's like, I got a lot of books because I read physical books. And she's like, you ever heard of an e-reader? He's like, oh, I like to feel pages. He's like, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to the bridge and pick up a new book. Actually, like we need to, to remember our paper. character voices. There, yeah, it is. I'd love to feel the paper between my fingers. Which, uh, no, man. Like, if you're on if you live in a home or like an apartment or whatever, uh, yeah, like physical books. If you're on tour, just yeah, just get a nook, like a, man. Just do Come it. On, just get a nook. Get it. But just get, get a, a fire. Nook. Get an Amazon. Get a fire. Get a, There's like a hundred Kindle or whatever it's called. I don't know. Just do it. Um, yeah. So he's like, I'm going to go to the bridge and pick up a new uh, new book, actually. And his mom's like, oh, you haven't heard? Which isn't the first time someone says that in this movie. That is like the sentence of it's the movie. The, oh, oh, you haven't heard is is the phrase. It's Karen Kingsbury's The Bridge Part uh, 2. Oh, oh, you haven't heard? <laughs> you didn't. You didn't hear? You didn't hear? You didn't hear what happened? You haven't heard? You didn't hear what happened? Uh, so the bridge two months ago before the movie starts, the bridge suffered catastrophic failure uh, there was a hurricane or something and it drowned. <laughs> and, well, uh, I mean, it wasn't a hurricane because we're in Nashville, but it's, it was a I, big I old mean, storm. It's a big storm. I guess you would call it uh, a nor'easter in Tennessee. Not even remotely. I, I don't know. That big, is, that's... It, it suffered. It suffered a storm trademark sign and then <laughs> flooded and also caught it's, on fire. It suffered a storm star of Storm Chasers, of course. Yes. Um, yeah. The storm from Storm Chasers showed the up. The storm. Uh, so they they are out of business because uh, it's their home as well. Right. So they, yeah, the business is closed. They haven't been able to make repairs. Everything looks like shit. And then the rest of the movie is things getting worse and worse for the couple who run the bridge. Oh, my God. This who are is Charlie and Donna. The, at this point is when I texted Daniel and I said, this movie is a depressisode. Yes. Because everything that was like cheery and hopeful 
about sort of this struggling but not so struggling bookshop yeah was is is now in this movie sad so like the yeah. things that would once bring them where they it would bring them to their knees but they would be able to get back up um the things that bring them to their knees in this movie um then they drop like one of those cartoon anvils on their head yeah. they a pian- they as they're walking down the sidewalk a piano uh, falls out of a window um in the first movie they were like struggling to run a bookshop in modern america when everybody wanted to be on the nooks and the kindles and the fires and the tablets and in this one it's like we can't pay our rent we have we no can't income. Alone. We can't get a loan from people. The bank, the people at the bank love us. They keep going to these people who are like, I want to help you. But like capitalism, I can't help you. Mm-hmm. This we one, can't. they're fighting capitalism itself and nobody wins against capitalism. Like, And then the biggest part of the, the movie. The big plot of the, the movie. Probably the movie. I would say this is the movie. Absolutely. And, yeah. and we can the explain the movie. just a fundraising in like montage. two minutes. Yeah. yeah. The guy owner of the charlie the man who constantly went to jesus while his wife fixed everything yes he's like i'm gonna go to church and she's like well i'm gonna reorganize the bookstore then so (laughs) it's like i gotta pray on it it's like all right well i'll do the bills while you're out praying it all yeah he gets into a car accident holy shit it's yes brutal he gets into a car accident um Remember that for later. That's important. And is put into a coma. Yep. For a week. Yep. Um, It's dark. Yeah. This is exactly how long I was in the hospital, by the way. So it was very exciting (laughs) to watch this. As soon as it started, I was like, oh, no. no, I was on a respirator, too. I was just like, this is unfortunate. Yeah. In (laughs) surgery, um, because I only had one functioning lung. Yeah, they they had to put me on a respirator, which sucks, by the way, because so I mean, I was out, obviously. Yeah. Um, for surgery. Um, so I didn't I, I like they put my third chest tube in while I was under. They did all of the surgery while I was under. They put in and took out the respirator while I was under because I wasn't going to be able to breathe myself with just one lung as they were operating on me. Um, That's but, bad design. But yeah, they. when they take it out it hurts so bad and the reason why i know that is because when i woke up and tried to speak it was like i was gargling glass oh god it 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 took it took probably about four hours to regain my ability to speak jesus um like and to like produce sound without it hurting too much. In this movie, it takes him about a minute to start yeah, speaking. Yeah, he, he speaks. He speaks like instantly. Well, so I mean, well, okay. Well, they take him off the they take him off the respirator eventually. Um, yeah, uh, and then he doesn't he doesn't have the respirator for. I think they take it out of him after. Is he, he on a they, respirator? I thought he was on a ventilator. It's the same thing. Oh, okay. okay. I, I think they say they say respirator. I, I think well. I think it's interchangeable, but they said respirator in the movie. They do say respirator in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, that's right. No, no, no. I'm Yes. I'm thinking of later on when he has just the he just has an oxygen mask on at one point. Right. But that's just because he's waking up from it. Don't listen to me. <laughs> so, I have not been in the hospital recently with a respirator. Yeah. So anyway, so that that hurt. That hurts like crazy. And also seeing that I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, damn it. So Charlie's in a coma most of this movie which is good because i didn't care for charlie in no the first it, it, it was fine and it, yeah it was it was fine so anyway yeah uh, molly uh, comes back molly comes back molly molly gets the you didn't hear jesus christ uh, she, oh, he's in the hospital we should have counted it's at least five times in it's this a lot movie that it, people oh, say didn't, you didn't hear oh you haven't you heard? didn't hear i have oh you you haven't heard it's constant um so Molly 
runs into Ryan uh, a couple times. Ryan is working amateur night at this. Um, uh, Lucky at this Logan's. Lucky's. Lucky Lucky's Logan. Logan's. Logan Lucky, Who my knows? favorite movie of 2018. <laughs> Great movie. Watch um, Logan Lucky. <laughs> Which is like what uh, he wanted to do in the first movie. He wanted to be playing at this bar. So he achieves his dream. He achieved his dream. And he also wants to be writing music professionally. Yep. And he eventually achieves that dream. Um, he... Uh, hey, Molly, hey Trey, when you Trey, when you were um, when when you were in the hospital, I did not feel inspired to write music. I was much more con- I was concerned for you. I wasn't like thinking about. I was like, oh my god, because the first the first night I found not to make this about me, but the first night I found it, I was like, Jesus Christ, yeah. Trey's gonna die. Um, wait, no, wait, did wait did did you te- um did when did Cecilia text you first? You texted me first. Oh, okay. Trey, ever a professional, texted me. I can't. I'm not going to be able to record this weekend. New text. I'm in the hospital. I'm in the ER. I'm in the ER. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, are you okay? And you were like, D- here's Cecilia's number. Text her. Yeah. Um, that was the, that was the sixth. I think I found out. So like middle of the day on a Wednesday, I'm like finding out this and I'm like, oh my God. Oh, maybe it was the seventh then. It might've been. Here, seven. let me, anyway, let me in see. this movie, in this movie, my dude's like, oh my, like this guy who's like kind of a father figure to him. Like, we don't know if, uh, if, if Ryan has a dad. So like kind of a father figure to him is in the hospital and he's back in, he like Ryan's came back to town. Doesn't really have a job. He doesn't really know what he's going to do. Like he's not in a good spot. And he's like, yeah, ever since I came back to town, like I, I just felt like so inspired to write music. And I was like that, how, what, what has inspired what has made you inspired and excited about creating anything like <laughs> at this mo- at this very the, moment like what name the circumstance the bookstore you love is no longer around one of the owners <laughs> is in a coma the other one can't afford to pay her rent and probably his hospital bills let's be honest right and the girl that you are in love with from seven years ago just randomly came back into your life and is engaged to the guy you were worried about also, the ex that you were going to get married to in the last movie, she's also back in town because she went to Virginia, got married, broke it off. They don't talk about it, but I bet it wasn't a happy ending. And Ryan's just like, I'm just so inspired to make my music. <laughs> I just I just can't wait to I just want to jam out. Like, I just want to go to the studio and just really free my mind. Should we like? get a jam sesh going yeah should we get a jam so i'm thinking i have studio time i have studio time on sunday are you uh, yeah I have the guy deal. the guy who cleans on tuesdays and thursdays i know him and he's like he's pretty tight i know the me. guy he, yeah he has the keys and he can um uh, he knows how to he knows how to turn on the soundboard so oh so the whole rest of the movie is molly stepping in like an adult and being like hey we could probably raise some money yeah we could raise some money the whole movie hinges on the idea that in the two months the bridge has been closed donna and charlie have asked literally no one in the community for help even though everyone in this movie is like oh yeah the bridge is a big deal like it's where i uh like i met my wife there or like oh that's where i would always go to study for class and so it's like really personal to me like everybody's got a personal story about the bridge here it's like rugged individualism yeah which i, I think is coming from him i think so it's absolutely a, coming i from think him. i think if i think if the roles were reversed she got into the car accident and he was I mean, first of all, he wouldn't be in the ER at all. He would be at church. Yeah, he'd two, be he would be praying. Uh, and this two, movie has a really gross Christianity message at the end that we'll get into. But. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but they wouldn't be able to raise this money because I think he no. he is the driving force of that rugged individualism. We're like sh- she's kind of on the ground and accepting a lot of help. Um, but he I. I I don't see him grinding. You know, I thought we were going. What I thought we were going to get with this movie was when I learned what the plot was 40 minutes in. What I thought was going to happen was Donna was because Donna had a miscarriage in the first movie. Like, that's the whole reason they made the bridge was they lost a child. And so it was kind of up ish. Yes, it was very up ish. Yeah. And so I thought this movie was going to be about her. And then eventually when he wakes up, Charlie learning to move on and that the bridge was not a crutch, but the, you know, the bridge was a transitional 
thing that they would eventually move on from and, and continue with their lives. I thought that's what the movie's going to be about. Cause I'm like, Oh, cause the whole theme is moving on, right. you know, and, and coping. moving past. Yes. Coping, grief moving grief past and... the mistakes of the past, yeah. finding a new, better life. Not at all. The movie is about, uh, if you have a precious memory from one year and like a semester in college, hold on to it as hard as you possibly can and try college. not to grow that much from that experience. Cause if you do grow, you might not find true love. College is the best four college months of your life. The first semester of college yeah. is everyone's it's favorite college best, time. Best four months of your life. Um, I, f I love that, by the way. I love I love when people say college. I forgot who I, I think I got this from like a, like one of those stand up TikToks where it's like, yeah, I, I hate when people say college is the best four years of your life like you'll see these people who are in their 50s who have three kids and it's like it's like you raise three kids who are within four years of each other <laughs> and the best four years you you don't look at them you look you go yeah the best four years of my life oh there was this one time where gary did a keg stand and he like crazy. almost he almost threw up he started crying but then he did like but then he got up at karaoke and still and still crushed fat bottom girls dude those were time, the, those were the golden years man the rest of the movie is like we said fundraising it's just them going around and getting various people to give them money and then at the end charlie wakes up and my my poor sweet boy preston millington the third who yeah he's you know he's not great but he's not a bad guy no he's he i mean he's toast like he's he's, he's yeah, buttered he's, he's buttered toast he's just buttered white bread wonder bread yeah. toast he's fine preston shows up preston makes the decision that um hey my girlfriend ran away from our home to go where she went to college for a semester i'm gonna follow her and then one night when I'm about to go to the gym, I'm going to go get my jog in while I'm listening to NPR. I'm going to go do that. I see her coming down the stairs and I'm like, this is a great time to propose, I think. So he takes her outside, freezing cold, Nebraska, freezing cold um, Nashville, and is like, will you marry me? Gets down on one knee. He's like, the ring's in my room. Yeah, but this felt just like the like right a good time. moment. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. Read this. Read everything we, about okay. your life. Millington. We've seen some pretty bad proposals. Is We've this seen the a, worst? No, I well, actually, yeah, I think this it is, is one. Of, this is top. This three. might be. This is pretty bad. I mean, the other proposal wasn't bad. Like the proposal from uh, what was that movie with the one with Lloyd and um, Shatner? Oh, 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 um, that oh, was that once. No, that wasn't uh, once upon a Christmas. Just in, just in time for Christmas. Just in time for Christmas. Yeah. Yes. Just in time for Christmas had a really good proposal. Yeah. But it just ended poorly. Yes. Um, this was a bad. This was a, he. It, this was the bad time. This is not the time. Preston. Top down failure. Yeah. Not the time. She finally breaks up with Preston. She's also been wearing her mother's engagement ring and lying about being engaged the whole movie, which like not cool, Molly, but I I, I get kinda it. get it. Yeah. I Especially don't... going back. Like it's it just makes things e easier, you know? It's, it's the cheapest looking ring, by the way. But yeah, that's in, but... and that's important because they start getting all these letters from people who are like, I I I I got some gum from the bridge one time. Here's fifty dollars. I had such a great time. And then at the very end, Charlie finally wakes up. They're like, we raised a, a surprising amount of money. And then Molly shows up with this like letter that is anonymous, but is clearly from her. And it's like, I met the love of my life at the bridge. And so here's 50 Here's I bought the lease. Molly buys the lease of the bridge. Yeah. We'll go back to how she deals with her father. Molly buys the lease of the bridge. And then is like, I once watched it's a, it's a heartbreaking line. It's a very good line. I think where she's like, I once watched you sell a book to a single mother for a penny. So from now on, that is what your yearly lease will be is one uh, penny. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. That's so good. The actress it's who plays Donna beautiful. crushes it in this movie. Oh, she crushed it. Faith I mean, it's, Ford, it, it, that's all she shit. could do. She, she was given, she was given this movie. She was given a pop-up. It was easy. Yeah. And she was given a great, great just runway of performance. Um, before Charlie woke up, Donna 
Donna has Donna's character arc in this movie is learning to pray. It, it shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone that I, I don't want to speak for you. I don't think you liked that. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I would say so. Okay, can I tell it's you gross. a story? Please, can I tell you please. a hospital story? So there's so Cecilia's cousin. Okay. Who's older, much older. I think yeah. it's I think it's like a it's like a grand cousin. Is he you know, Pope Francis. No. <laughs> But was uh, but shit, worked in the, worked in the hospital that I was in oh, was one of like it was like part of the pastoral care program, hmm. which f- I think, uh, especially in uh, Catholic hospitals, um, it is good mm-hmm. that the doctors are, are not uh, don't also function as the pastoral care people. I agree. Um, so and the separation is good. Yes. Also, I think it is very important that uh, there to acknowledge the emotional toll absolutely that is taken when you're in the hospital so when i was i, I mean the doctors and the nurses deal with your physical life and that goes one way or another and they help you in any way you can if you're like just not mentally well but having her come in every day and just asking like how are you doing like what's going on was immensely helpful. Yeah. And it didn't have any sort of religious or spiritual strings attached. Um, she talked about God, but it, it's, it was never, it was never like forthcoming. And it was always like, these are stories for, for your heart and not necessarily uh, like, you don't necessarily have to subscribe. That's totally. the, that's the gross part is it's like, if it, because really, really what everybody is saying to her when they're like, you should pray is that you should talk to somebody about this, Donna. Yeah. Like you've been in his room every day for a week. That's that's just not good for you. That's not yeah, healthy you for need you. To ta- talk to someone else. You need to yeah. go. You need to like go and go get because every literally she's at the hospital the whole movie. Every time she gets a cup of coffee with somebody, it's at the hospital. It's like right outside the hospital. Like she never goes home. And it's like I get it. That's like incredibly sweet of you. And it's, and I, it, you know, talking to Charlie while he's in his coma is important. That's really, really good. You need to go home and you need to like talk to somebody else. Talk to somebody else. But they make it all about, they, they make it a religious thing, which is fine if you're religious, but if you're not, it can really like instantly turn you off to a scene when they're like, you should go and pray about this. And it's like, Mm -hmm. Or you, or you can just, you know, go or, get some breakfast somewhere else. Yeah, like you can talk just to a friend, talk through it with a friend or something. Usually, um, like I, we always rail on the when they bring religion into these movies. This is the one I think that's bothered me the most because this one was so ham fisted and like you're gonna you're gonna love this story. Excellent. Okay, so before Cecilia's cousin came in, yeah. Because uh, she was not working on the first day that I was eligible, I guess, for this pastoral care program. Like they were, they were good with me or whatever. We got to see if you stick around for the long right. haul. Yeah, exactly. This uh, this other member of pastoral care came in. She was not related to anybody. Uh, she came in. She got the briefing. She said hi to my mom. She said hi to Cecilia. She said hi to me. And then she looked at me. I was barely speaking at this point. It hurt pretty bad to speak and uh, move generally. And I was trying to not make as much movement as possible. And I didn't have my regular inflections up. Like I was not myself. She comes in and she goes, um, would you, would you like me to do a prayer for you? And I was like, I was like, I'm all right. And she goes, great. You're all right for the prayer. And <laughs> And Cecilia was like, hold up, wait, I I just want to clarify, like, you're, do you want to do the prayer or do you not want to do the prayer? And I go, and I go again, trying to make myself clear. I I think I'm good. And then, and then the, the nurse, she goes, okay, he's good for the prayer. She, she comes, she comes over (laughs) to my, she comes over to my bad side and like, and like smacks down on my bad shoulder oh. and my bad arm <laughs> and is is just smacking it around and then is doing this and is doing this prayer and you know like i mean i was and because i mean i don't have a i don't have a a muscle that is activated in my body i have no, no. energy i'm i'm looking in with my in a third person view looking at this situation and within me i'm laughing hysterically but but just in my regular body you know 
I don't think I needed the prayer. Yeah. <laughs> but like it wasn't bad. Sure. She did she did a pretty good job. Yeah. At, she went on for about 15 seconds and then her phone rang <laughs> mid prayer. What wait, sorry, was it a normal ringtone or were you getting prayed over and you just hear like no, it was a, it was it was bum ba da and so I hear that she check as she's doing the prayer Need she's prayer? on auto autopilot she's like and our heavenly oh, father she checks who it God. is and, and then and then she and then she goes she sees who it is she speeds up her speech and she goes our heavenly father bless you on the upon this day amen puts her phone back in her pocket and goes uh, I gotta go <laughs> it was nice feeding you and she walks away. That's the it was, best story it was, I've ever heard. It was, it was so good. Just for me, it's like like I can insert that. That's perfect writing. What she yes. did, yes, perfect writing. That scene where it's where it's are you are, do you want to do a prayer? I'm all right. Okay, you're okay, all right. You ready for, the for prayer. prayer? Wait, wait, wait. Cecilia wait, going. Hold really on. I just want to. I, I yes or no. Do you want to do the prayer? And I go. I okay. I think I'm good. Because okay, good for the prayer. Is is it's just so beautifully succinct? It. Yeah, it's it's and it was really running the prayer. It was really good. Well, anyway, anyway, the movie of, ends. All, of the, all they, of the books are filled with money and whatever, and, and they find a million dollars in coal. I kept thinking, yeah, they, I kept thinking Ryan love. would be like, "What about a concert? Yeah, what about what about the talent show? Everyone's had a talent show to save my music, save the save the thing." Uh, her dad, her dad, they make up. Uh, he apologizes for. She really lays into him. It's a good scene. She's she learns the truth, which I was worried she wouldn't. She shouldn't have forgiven him. No, she should that have. at all. No. Like at all. It, it, not even that quickly. I don't think she should have ever forgiven him for doing something so. What he like did years. is a violation of so much trust between not just between like a, a parent and a kid, but just like a person, like person yeah. to person. You shouldn't do that. That's crazy. It, it would take years to rebuild that relationship. Like that's it's a crazy. It was, she did something so insane. Yeah. OK. She starts a foundation not based off of the school, based off of the uh, the money. She decides to not be CEO, which is good because she's about to be 25. She is about to be 25 and she, nobody wants, listen, there's a reason why Zuck is the way he is. Okay. Yes. It's because he was CEO at 25. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so naughtiest and jolliest. Naughtiest and jolliest. Um, All right. I'm going to stick naughtiest as being Molly's dad. Of course. <laughs> Mr. Wade. Molly. His name's Wade. To Wade. Oh. Wade is naughtiest. Um, jolliest. Everyone's pretty fucking sad in this movie. Everyone's very sad in this movie. I guess Molly. I, th I get you have to give it to Molly. She did yeah. the probably one of the nicest acts that anybody has ever done in a Hallmark yeah. movie. Uh, she, yeah, including including she never, God. <laughs> yeah, she never. I don't think she ever reveals that she bought the lease and that she sold her mother's engagement ring. That's incredible. That's incredible. I'm going to stick with jolliest. Uh, naughtiest is, of course, the dad. No question. Uh, jolliest is going to be Ronnie, the best friend from the first movie. She's back in this Hell one. yeah. And Ronnie doesn't waste any time because she's like, she's like, Molly, you watch the video that you made with that guy from the first movie. First of all, it looks like one of them has died because they both watch that video every Christmas. They, and it's, yeah, it seems pretty eulogy like the way that they watch that video. This truly might be the first time in a movie I've ever seen a guy watch a shaky cam video of a woman and she's not dead because that's the only reason to do that. Um, <laughs> but Ronnie is like, look, you watch this video every day. Clearly you have unfinished business. I can tell you're in love with the guy still. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't marry Preston. You shouldn't be CEO. You don't yeah, want to do any of Jesus this. And she's Christ. like, go back home. And Molly, because Molly's like, I want you to talk me out of going back. And she's got the suitcase pack. And Ronnie is just like, absolutely not. You need to go back. You are miserable here. Go back. That's just a good. And then Molly's like, you're a good friend. And Anaconda are both like out loud. Yeah, she is a good. Yeah, friend. She is a good friend. She's a great friend to yeah. you. Make her CEO. That's a good jolliest. Good jolliest. A good jolliest. Connection. Uh, what do you got? I think that there is a second secret plot happening in this movie. Oh, okay. I think 
first of all, someone gets in a car accident and goes into a coma on Christmas. They're a Christmas angel. Like we, yeah, like, we, I mean, know, we know that. that that's established. I think Charlie becomes a Christmas angel for Molly's dad. Oh, I think that's why at the end he comes to because Mo- he admits to Molly what he yeah, did. He, he comes clean. Molly doesn't Ooh, find that's out. Good. That's what I think think is happening because what's really weird to me right the reason the reason my intro was the one year later thing at the end of this movie right charlie's getting better right before like only a few days but right before christmas they could have done some hallmark bullshit to be like look the bridge is fixed they have a one year time jump at the end of the movie again so we cover a total of nine years in this movie which is crazy at the end, Charlie is Charlie, Molly, Ryan, Donna, um, old man Flattery. Like everybody we've met through both of these movies is at the grand reopening of the bridge, blah, 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 blah. Um, Molly's dad is there too. Wade's there. And she's like, are you going to come in? And he's like, I'll be in in a minute. And then Wade just like stands outside the bridge while it's snowing and then walks away. Let's enter Wade's mind. Hold on. I'm spying on my daughter, spying on my daughter, <laughs> recording her conversations. <laughs> Okay, I'm here. Yes, I'm a CEO. 25, 25 years old is a good age to be a CEO. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's the, per- it's the perfect age to take over the company. She's perfect. Right now, she's perfect. She needs it. Now, I need to retire tomorrow. It's not like I'm old. I'm, I'm like probably late 40s, yeah. maybe early 50s. I'm, I'm, I'm so young, but I have to retire. I'm so tired. I'm a CEO. I can, like, I have a private chef. I'm, okay. I'm in perfect shape. <laughs> Just as daily affirmation. I hate Nashville. I hate okay. Nashville. I hate Nashville. So let's <laughs> Nashville stole your daughter. Nashville stole your daughter. Uh, okay. Yeah. Racquetball's the best sport. Got it. Racket. I love racquetball. I love racquetball. Charles Christmas Angel. Is that his name? This name is not Charles Christmas Angel. What's his name? Charlie. What's his name? Charlie, Charlie okay. Bartons. Oh, okay. Charles. Charlie's sure. Christmas Angel. Yep. Charlie is the Christmas Angel. Charlie helps. Dean, what's his name? Wade. Wade. Charlie helps Wade reconnect with his daughter. Wade never knows that Charlie owns the bridge and probably doesn't. Wade probably barely knows what the bridge is. I would agree. Charlie exists merely as a vehicle to to help Wade in Wade's mind. At the bridge reopening, Wade sees Charlie for the first time, realizing that he owns the bridge and that's why he's weirdly waiting outside because he sees Charlie, this oh. this man who who I mean, we know how um, what's her face was talking in, in Christmas in the Christmas Angel. Like we know how like vague she was about her life, you know, like they like Christmas angels don't really speak as though they're alive. They speak kind of as if they are dead yeah. because they they sort of are. She. So so he he sees Charlie like this and maybe Charlie gives a knowing glance of like, yeah, I wink. Yeah, a wink, a nudge. And Wade is like, huh. And then he goes and checks him in himself into like a psych- psychiatric ward or something like that. He was like, <laughs> he goes okay, and so to the hospital and says, I'm yeah, seeing a dead man. Actually, yeah, I'm this is I'm seeing dead people. So I love it. Yeah, I think that's I think that tracks. And obviously, I mean, it's perfect. It's 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 foolproof. We've established all of this. It, there's really no reason why Wade would come clean to Molly. No, you know, it, because it's like I, unless it's like a morality thing or like he's I mean, you see the tactic being used where it's like I need to come clean to Molly to get, regain her trust so I could really get her to become CEO because I'm so tired. I'm so fit and in shape, but I need I to play racquetball. So this is the time. I, I have to sit by the pool and think nothing of racquetball, <laughs> nothing but of racquetball. <laughs> and um, I, I think that's I, I think that's really strong. Uh, I think as that's a soon strong as theory. He, as soon as he crashed at an intersection near Christmas. I was like, oh, we're it's done. done. Like, yeah, this is it. That's I the movie. Stop the I mean, movie and I've got it. It's fine. Here's another connection. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. there are stunning similarities to the characters in Karen Kingsbury's The Bridge Part 2 as Karen Kingsbury's The Bridge Part 1. Interesting. How, explain how that, that connection? For a connection. It's been about a yeah, month since I've watched that movie. So could you explain <laughs> it for me? Yeah, I think that's a one to one, baby. It, I think they're. It's close. What the most. <laughs> 
The most ballsy part of this movie was them not changing Molly's hair at all. And then being like, yeah, she's seven years older now. Yeah. Ryan, like, at least kind of gets a haircut. Kind of. Yeah, he's a little more, he's a little ruggeder. A little bit ruggeder. You can tell he's yeah. been a roadie for a while. But, like, yeah. Donna and Charlie look exactly, everybody looks exactly the same. Yeah, everybody oh, we get yeah. Luther back. We get our uh, chef extraordinaire Luther back. Ah, uh, yes. It was a little. Oh, the caterer. The caterer, Luther, who now owns his own restaurant. It's It, it was a little fun. Mostly because we we had to take a break to be coming back and be like, I remember these people. Yeah. This is weird. Yeah, it's a surreal Hallmark sequel. So, um, I mean, I'm not happy that we watched this movie. (laughs) I'd say it's pretty neutral. Uh, It's fine. Yeah. The bridge part one is in my top 10, but this one. Yeah. We need to update our top 10, I think. Yeah. Well, I feel like there may be two movies that I don't think the bridge is in my top 10. There there may be two. There are like two movies I would put in. A new top 10. Would you? Yeah. So 2015 is done now. Yeah. We uh, Wrap up's next. Wrap up is next week. Um, are there any movies from this? Maybe we could talk about this next week a bit more too. But are there any movies from this year that are really standing out to you as either uh, just good movies or as very, very important movies for us to have watched? Um, I think the North Pole one. Yeah. I mean, North Pole open for Christmas. Thinking about it. Nice little expansion um, into the universe. Yeah, I mean, just in, t- just in time for Christmas is top 10, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, oh, okay. The rest seem fairly mediocre to me. Uh, um, you know. Pretty much all of them are not ringing any like strong bells. No, we are going to like, we are really going to have to go back and re-listen to yeah. what we said about these i a lot of these are uh are quite vague to me how many how many have we watched so far like what is this of all of our movies i think this is we're we're past 80 at this point right oh lord um hold on let me do the math here oh we are we are quite a ways into this endeavor uh, all right so that's uh 20, it's, it's 24 I mean, plus 14 we can't stop now like it's we're too no. like no I, I, it really has been this way for a long time but we we can't we can't stop we have watched if my math is correct oh my god we, we have watched 83 movies Ugh. jesus christ 83 83 if my math is correct 83 that's too many man that's well next week (laughs) next week we're gonna wrap up 2015 yep uh the year the year uh uh, donald trump announced his his uh presidential campaign i thought we were gonna give him like cool like chinese year names like year of the year of the blank that'd be kind of fun actually yeah i i would think i would say 2015 is the year of the aurora borealis yes i would say well 2014 might be that but i would say 2015 solidifies i think this is the year of the aurora borealis i think so too i think i think because i don't think that was that was the main theme of this year was like the christmas power we were hyper looking for the Aurora Borealis this Absolutely. year. I would we say. were really fixated on it because yeah. these movies sucked. Yeah. Okay. Wrap it up. Well, um, our intro music was written by Colin Robertson. If you would like, you could follow us on twitter.com at HCU Secret, or you could visit our website, www.mistletoesecret.com. You can learn the story so far, or, oh, whoa, you can. Le- so far? <laughs> Yeah, you can learn the story so far or leave a uh, comment at the bottom of our page and tell us what your theories are. You can also send us an email at mistletoesecret at gmail.com. Um, do you have anything else to say? Yeah, maybe one day we'll release the audio that Trey sent me uh, from the hospital to use as, uh, oh, wait, as our no, announcement. I'm, do you want to play it? I've got yeah, it right I'll, now. I'll, oh, you get no, you play it. You I play got it right it. here. Um, so... Um, this was this was when we were going to announce that we were going to have to take a, a brief break, obviously. Um, and uh, he was like, I can send you a trace that I can send you a quick voice memo. I was like, yeah, yeah if you feel up to it. 
we're yeah. gonna post something on Twitter, maybe. Yeah, and, we were like, uh, we didn't know to do an episode like of like a thirty second thing or what. Yeah, this is the audio I received from uh, Trey. I'm gonna breeze past the twenty minutes of si- twenty seconds of silence. Okay, well, I was really. Hello, I am the heart that needs transplanting on <laughs> Christmas Day. Trey Plutnicky. First of all, I was like, that's the. <laughs> That's the saddest it's, sound I've ever heard so in my sad. life. It literally Third so of, sad. Second of all, I'm not going to post that because you don't need a heart transplant. Yeah, that's It's just true. inaccurate. Well, I mean, that was more so a reference to the Christmas heart where the heart where they had to fly the heart from one hospital to another. Yes, but you were in the hospital for a lung related injury. It wasn't the Christmas lung. That'd be pretty funny. The Christmas Lung would be a great movie. And then as as if it was a sign, about two days later, I was in uh, Barnes and Noble and I front and center, front and center, I walk in. Who should I see but our old pal, Debbie McElmbear. And her her new number one New York Times bestselling offer, 30% off at Barnes and Noble book. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come, Debbie Machombert. She's sending us a message. She knows. She's, she's telling us. She she's knows. telling us that everything is going to be okay. This poor woman is just out there somewhere in the world, and maybe one day we'll learn that there are two dudes who do a podcast about Hallmark I love movies her. and are absolutely obsessed with her. <laughs> also, Karen. I, I, Karen, I like your two movies. Yeah. Karen's in. As Karen's one big movie, club. I love them. Part two wasn't great, but that's not your Part fault. Part two, it's not her fault. Not it's your not fault. Her fault. Yeah. It should have been one um, movie. My name is Trey Plitnicki. My name is Daniel Kunkel. And I am reminding you to stay jingling and stay jolly. Thank you for listening. <laughs>